0: Hello listeners, Iceman here. Just a quick message to let you know I've had some problems with the audio for this episode. Apologies, but I've done the best I can with it to make it listenable for you. Hope you enjoy it. Cheers.
1: Eden the Hazardous doing it again for Chelsea, dragging them to the top four. It is the FPL surgery. Yes, welcome back listeners for another edition of Iceman and Friends as we are on episode 127 of the FPL Surgery coming to you recorded on the 8th of April 2019. We are heading into a very, very mini double game week followed by... A considerably bigger double game week, so lots to discuss today. First of all, welcoming back the Iceman.
0: Thank you very much, Philly, and Thanks for starting off with Hazard, who I didn't captain, and it's just so painful to start the pod, knowing that he's just scored another goal after I captained
1: Salah. Your marriage to uh, Salah continues, doesn't it? Mm, it was probably
0: one of the worst captaincies I've done this season. My captaincy legacy is going downhill. Exactly.
1: Um... Yes, yeah, so our guest, we've got two two guests on this time, so lots of chat this evening, two regulars on the surgery. we've got Peter Blake, who's currently ranked, uh, where do we have him ice man? 3.5k uh, at the moment. 3.5k, bloody impressive, uh, and Hogsred as well, so he's currently ranked uh, 905th overall at the time of writing our script. Hogsred, have you, have you moved based on that goal from Hazard? Yes,
2: I'm now at 721.
1: Wow! Absolutely flying high! Let's bring you both in first. Wise, we're on you, Hogs. Red, welcome back to the podcast. Um, how have we been getting on since we uh, since we last had you on here?
2: Oh, uh, I've been doing pretty okay, but I'm just yeah, I'd say so. One, one uh, stuck around one K in rank for uh, quite a bit now. I have one good green arrow, then another disappointing week the next week, but not this time.
1: Yeah, that's great progress, top 1,000, a great position to strike over the next few game weeks. And uh, interestingly, the Iceman tells me you have a particular tactic in mind for negotiating the next few weeks. So looking forward to hearing about that. And uh, let's speak to Pete then. So, Pete, welcome back to the, uh, the podcast once again. Again, great to have you on board.
3: Yeah, thanks for having me back. It's really good to be here.
1: And uh, clearly, you're doing really well, Three three and 3,500 overall, fantastic. How's the season been going since we last spoke to you? Yeah. Uh...
3: Well yeah, I mean not bad uh, i have been somewhere between sort of two and a half and four k now for quite a few weeks. I can't seem to make any ground, but I'm not losing any ground either um I'm just i have also captained in Hazard, so I'm now sort of frantically trying to refresh to find out what my new ranks going to be So I think I've probably gained a little bit from that one as well so i'm I'm hoping i can I'm hoping I can go into the next game week in the top three thousand, which would be nice um but yeah. Uh, really can't complain. I've got, I've, I've had an awful lot of luck this season. Um, I, I recognise that, but at the same time, it's, uh, it, it's not, it's nice to have been sort of there or thereabouts for, for quite a bit of the season now. So it's definitely a new experience for me, anyway.
1: Absolutely flying, doing really well. So uh, two great guests to learn from, of course, the Ice Man as well. Let's see what we've got in store this week in the headlines. Uh, the Aguero versus Kane debate. One for us to cheer over uh, our Leicester's nightmare. Oh, that's funny. Our Leicester's nightmare final fixtures actually that bad in light of their form, playing very well under Brendan. Uh, Will Liverpool, i.e. Mane and Botlet. are we planning transfers for after game week 34? And uh, we're going to go over our wildcard draft picks. So yeah, exciting podcast ahead. Let's go over how we've got on in our game week so far. Iceman, I'm going to come to you first. How so, are you doing? Well, we
0: we're not quite finished, are we, on the game week, but it looks like from my live rank, I'm going to hit about 65, I think. Um, I made the mistake of captaining Salah this game week, and obviously that was a mistake because Hazard scored more than him. I just thought the mentality of Salah, he seemed to have got this will to win, and he, like, he really wanted to score, and I just thought West Ham have been keeping out the top six all season and they haven't done it tonight against Chelsea, but never mind. So I went for a transfer to take out Anderson and it was Fraser that I brought in in the end and it was between him and Tillemans and Tillemans scored, Fraser did not. So not a great week for me in terms of my decisions, Uh, but yeah, 65, I think. I think I'm going up about 23 places to 1,723. Nice. Uh, so not, not quite sure
1: at the moment. Dizzy, dizzy company. Well, uh, my game week's gone a little bit worse than yours, but it started quite badly. I banked a lot on Arsenal to do well. Uh, my transfer room was Lacazette. I wish I'd gone with some Leicester players now because he got me nothing. But uh, my high scores, I kept one Bissaka because of Palace giving some decent returns recently. I had Salah, the player that's carried me through. I thought watching his performance in the week... Hazard, the man back on form, and he truly is. So, he's looking like he's going to get the three bonus. So, uh, a 32-point return from him. So,
2: very strong. So, happy with that.
1: Uh, Hogsward, let's come to you. How how have your game week gone?
2: Yes, I'm ending on 79 points. Nice. uh, My planning for this week was mostly to get uh, three Leicester Leicester players for the Huddersfield game. So, I got Pereira, Madison, and Wardy. Those guys, along with Salah and Hazard, did... uh, did get me the points. My transfer was Pogba to Sigurdsson, and uh, I thought uh, Everton was going to win that game, and and they did. Uh, Sigurdsson could have had a goal, so I'm not too disappointed in my transfer, but he banked. All around that, just 1s and 2s.
1: 1s and 2s, yeah. And uh, Peter, how about you? Uh,
3: Not too bad. Um, I I took a minus 4, so I finished on 68 uh, in the end and it looks like the new rank is going to be about 3.1k. So, yeah, it's a slight green arrow, so I'm pretty happy with that. Um, Has a captain, obviously, has accounted for an awful lot of those points. Madison did some good for me. He was one of my hits to bring in, so... Yeah, he, he pulled through a seven. Uh, Louise got six. Wan-Bissaka got seven. Uh, Gator in goal got ten, which is really nice. Apart from that, just twos, ones. Uh, that was a three as well from Ashley Barnes because of the own goal and, and goal yeah. situation he, he got. But I, th- I think, yeah, I, I did all right considering I had nobody on the bench. All my bench players were blanking this week. So, yeah, I, I really can't complain about this one, to be honest.
1: Nice returns there, chaps. Well, um, before we get into the usual uh, questions and headlines, I'm going to talk a bit about our Patreon account, so patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. If you'd like to support the podcast and get involved with some of the things we have going on through Patreon, you can go to the website and sponsor us at different levels if you wish to do that and support us. It's all greatly appreciated. It goes back into the running of the podcast and what we give back to you as listeners. We've got a new uh, Patreon this week, so thank you to Eric Walker who's just joined at the Slack level, getting involved in that now. The the Slack channel is busy, plenty going on. Uh, and the last man spoke to one of our new Slackers, uh, which is Board Nielsen, and, uh, and he had this to say, so very useful and informative, loving the stats that are bouncing around the channels, and all members are trying to help each other, really looking forward for next season already. So, yeah, start to get into a mindset of prep. For next season. So, thank you, board, and uh, thank you, Eric, again for joining us. And
0: uh, a great contributor to that particular Slack channel is Hawkshark and Peter. Peter, not so much as Hawkshark. Hawkshark is in there. We're in there twenty-four-seven at the moment, mate. You, you're very uh, <laughs> uh, No, no, no. I, I work and I have kids, <laughs> and
2: uh, it's great. And, stuff. And plan, plan planning a bit, little bit of double game mix.
1: Hmm. I think what what you you raised there, Stephen, though, is. Um, just how what a great tool it is for procrastinating and escapism even if you're not interested in fpl just to, to get away from the stresses of daily life yeah that's great <laughs> okay well let's get back to the fpl headlines then so it's the aguero versus Kane debate uh, paul sky Player, and fpl are regular in our top 10 as asked Kane, aguero or both so i'll open that up to the forum what do we think chaps I'll, i can start this Go one on. so uh, yeah, yeah.
0: if if we're looking at Aguero, we've obviously got to be thinking about he's back in training, he's coming back from his injury and uh, we've got to be worried about this Man City. Obviously they've got the double game week coming up in game week 35 but from game week 34 they've got Palace, then they've got two days rest then they've got Spurs in the Champions League and then they've got three days rest and then they've got Spurs in the Premier League then they've got three days rest again then it's United and then three days rest and then Burnley. I mean If you don't think there's going to be a lot of rotation in that, then you obviously don't know Pep very well. But whether or not uh, Jesus is going to play the Champions League and Aguero is going to play the Premiership, that's probably the argument to be had because that's what's happened so far this season. What are your guys' thoughts on whether or not Aguero is going to get all the time?
3: I think whether he gets time or not. uh, I I don't think he will get all the time, but uh, there will be a bit of rotation. But... I don't think we can misunderstand that he is by far and away the number one choice there I think Jesus is, is good there's no doubt about that I mean he's far better than me for example but he is quite clearly not the preferred option at the moment I think Pep is probably nailed down what he thinks his best starting eleven is and you've got to consider they're in the Champions League, but they're also in a very, very tight race for the league as well. And they're not going to want to give an inch on, on that one. So I can see it being a situation where yeah, the strongest possible team will play as frequently as humanly possible. There may be an exception in possibly the FA Cup final. maybe may be an exception in one or two of the league games where the, the, somebody has to has to get a rest. But I, I can't see it being a situation of, of mass rotation. I think he's, he, he, I think he knows what his best 11 is, or just about, probably best 13. And he's, he's, he's going to hit them for all it's worth, I think.
0: Yeah, it's, that's a good point. I mean, you've got to look at the remaining games. So they've got, uh, what is it, six remaining games now, and four of them are away from home. They're in all competitions. Could have 11 matches in 37 days. So that's quite a lot of matches to play. So it's not only that. It's actually taken mentally... Fatigue for them, like it's gonna go across their minds, and in, pl- in terms of playing all these games, whether or not they can do that. Obviously, when they won the league, they're in what two competitions at the time, I think. And I think it does help being out of competitions. I don't think Spurs are gonna actually. I don't think Spurs are gonna go through in the Champions League, but they're gonna give them a tough game. And is that gonna affect the rest of the team that he's got? He's got to change around somewhat. Uh, he's obviously got KDB coming back as well Bernardo Silva he's got plenty of options so Stefan what, what are your thoughts on this one
2: first off I'm, I'm wondering do, do you guys know if it was a muscular injury or just uh, something else because if he had a muscular injury he will have th- problems playing all those games yeah that's true I, um, I didn't find anything on it injury, yeah. it does say a muscle yeah. injury yeah so, so that is a problem for me and And if he's going to rest some games, it it has to be a Crystal Palace for me because he wants to win the Champions League. He also wants to win win the league, but I have got to think that Pep thinks he can win versus Palace without Aguero. So for me, on Aguero, I'm just going to not get him right now, but I'm going to have a plan to maybe bring him in if Spurs beat City in the Champions League.
0: Okay, yeah. Because
2: if that happens, you pretty much, Got to have a plan to get the city guys because then Pep is probably going to fail, field his strongest eleven for the rest of the game.
0: Yeah, that's if Spurs do beat them. I mean,
2: uh, yeah, it
0: can happen. Could, <laughs> know. yeah, could. The idea of potential if Kane suddenly hits form.
3: I think. I, I mean, looking at the Kane versus Aguero argument, I,
2: I've, I've, so, I've
3: looked, I've looked at the numbers on it, and I, I can't. I can't really split them, to be honest. Uh, I think, I'm going to throw some numbers at you now, okay? So, yeah, bear, bear with me here. But if you look at the amount of minutes they've played this season, Kane in the league has had about 500 minutes more than Aguero, but Aguero's XG is higher. So the quality of Aguero's chances are, are higher. Funnily enough, they're both having a shot on target every 52 minutes, which is really interesting. But, again, the quality of Aguero's chances are better. So Aguero's getting a yeah XG... Every 124 minutes, Kane's every 164 minutes. So from that, you'd probably say Aguero. Well, in fact, you definitely say statistically, Aguero's the one to begin. And if you look over the last six games, or the next six games rather, the final six games of the season, if you project those numbers out, you're looking at 4.35 goals for Aguero versus 3.29 for Kane. So we're into a position now where we think, okay, Aguero's probably going to score one more goal. Than Kane, well, over that period, so you bring him in. But it comes down to that question of whether he's going to play all the games. Now, Kane, I don't think, will get rested, um, if at all. So he's probably going to play the full 540 minutes. So, in order to hit the, you know, in order to equal Kane's 3.29 goals, Aguero will need to play 76% of his team's minutes, which is four and a half games, which frankly sounds probably about right. So statistically, based on the form they've had this season and what we're expecting them to play over the next few games, they're pretty much a wash, I think. I think they're, they're basically straight down the middle. If you look at what they've done this season as well, both of them have had five hauls of 10 points or more um, within the season. So it, it's one or the other. Now, the arguments you've just made about Aguero... Yeah, you know, the muscle injury, yes, is definitely a concern. The rotation is definitely a concern as well. For that, for the money you're paying for him, is it worth the risk? Possibly. I mean, he's in my wildcard team at the moment, but I'm not convinced he's going to stay there. Is Kane worth the risk? Kane's probably guaranteed in minutes a little bit more, and he's probably more talismanic for his team than Aguero is. But I've I've just got a slight concern about Spurs. I think they may have just I think they might just hit a wall, uh, especially if they, after they go out of the Champions League, which I think they will, to Man City. I think that there's an element where I think they're probably just a bit fatigued. Um, a lot of them played last summer, deep into the World Cup. They haven't injected any fresh new blood into that squad for two transfer windows now, and there's almost uh, there's almost a sense that they may have just they've got as far as they can. I know we're in a race for the top four, and they're going to have to stay focused, but I just don't see them kicking on uh, in the last few games. So there is conceivably an argument. You know, flick a coin for which one you want. But there's conceivably an argument as well that you can maybe go without both. Go a bit cheaper up front and put a lot of money into midfield, where you can get Son, you can get KDB, you can get Sterling, you can get Mane, Hazard, for example, something like that. There's an awful lot you can put in midfield if you just take one of those two out. It's it's a really tricky one, though. It's a really tricky one. With,
0: with, with the argument on Spurs, so you say you reckon they're probably not going to do as well, but you've got to look at the fixtures as well as looking at City's ones, because City's aren't easy. As mentioned, they've only got the two home games uh, left in the season. Spurs, though, they've got four home games out of the six, and uh, the away games are against Man City in Game Week 35 and Bournemouth in Game Week 37. Kane obviously is a lot of money on wildcard, but... You do look at how he is historically, he seems to close out the season quite well. He does score quite a lot, he's always going for that golden boot, and you know these fixtures are not bad. They've got Huddersfield, obviously Man City's not a good fixture. Then Brighton, West Ham, Bournemouth, Everton. I would say they are a lot better than City's fixtures. They're not quite doing it at the moment Spurs but they've always got that potential and like you say he is nailed, he's second to to a Lukaku for shots in the box over the last four, highest for shots with 17 in the last four and the last six so I have a feeling like he will be a captain option for all these game weeks to go from now and especially this game week against Huddersfield because I know they're just coming off uh, the Champions League fixture but Huddersfield are uh, terrible and Leicester prove that this week.
3: I think I, I agree with you that he's traditionally closed out seasons very well, but I th- there's anecdotally I think here from what I've seen this season, he he does have tendency to drift a lot deeper in games and try and dictate play a little bit more and allow the runners past. I think Lucas Moira has made a big difference, especially when he's on the pitch and Son as well. Both of them basically playing up front almost as a you know as part of a four four two with Kane up front, but Kane will drop back. Quite a lot, and allow the runners to go past him, and he's almost assisting the assistant quite a lot, especially when he pings it wide to Trippier or Rose. So, yeah, the I, I, yeah, Spurs fixtures are, are better than Man City's, but I'd argue Man City are a better team. So, you know, Man City playing away from home potentially is a factor, but again, for me, it, it's it's kind of speculation. It's, it's a little bit of just gut feeling, and what it comes down to, I think, realistically, between Kane and Aguero, I can't really I, I can't really put much between them at the moment. If I'm
0: honest, yeah. First, Stefan. Anything more to add on that one? Stefan. Stefan's uh, mic is muted. <laughs> oh, hello there. I'm <laughs> talking for quite
2: a while. Yeah. Uh, for for me, K- Kane was the first guy on on my wildcard to be honest, because what uh, the previous game Nick, learned me was I'm, I need to go back to the basics of my strategy, and that is to get the guys to start every game. To get the, you can't get points if you can't get minutes. So for me. Kane is gonna go into my wildcard squad and be there. And uh, I watched uh, the Crystal Palace game, and for me, Spurs looked like a completely different team from the previous three or four games. They were very hungry. They was desperate for. They were desperate for goals. And he missed the
0: one-on-one yeah. as well, didn't
2: he? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And uh, and, uh, and I think Kane was a good pick on the free hit, even though he didn't didn't deliver. Free hit game in uh, and and uh, when looking at the heat maps from the Palace game, you could see that uh, Dela Alley was the one who was dropping deeper and Harry Kane has the heat map that is very close to being in uh, this 18-yard box, you call it. Uh, yeah. yeah. It's, in, it's 16 meters in Norway, so the difference. <laughs> um, but uh, for, for me, uh, I would put more emphasis on Spurs when they have played with Son, Kane, Eriksen and Ali together because those games, both Son and Kane have been very good and very attacking, and even though Harry Kendrick drifts a bit deeper sometimes, he's still capable of making assists, he's the penalty taker, he, he he pushed away Ericsson and Trippier for the free kick against Palace, He he's going to score goals, and he wants to score goals, and that is what I'm banking on.
0: Yeah, I'm I am fully in agreement with you there. I also think, uh, now that we're talking about it, we're going to kind of veer off and talk a bit more about Tottenham here, because Ericsson and Son are in a lot of people's wildcard teams that I've seen. And I feel like out of the two, I would want to go Ericsson more at the moment. I, I did watch the, the game and he he just looks like he's playing a lot further forward at the moment. He's playing just behind Kane. And if you look at the heat maps, he's right up there. And Son got he, what he got the deflected goal, which he scored. So he got a little bit lucky. He, has, he hasn't been informed form beforehand. I, he, I am considering him as well, but just... Looking at Ericsson, he's kind of hit form ahead of this solid run... So he's probably the second most secure route into the Spurs attack after Kane in terms of the minutes played. He's also four for shots in the last six for midfielders, which is in front of Son. And he's a little bit of a differential because he's, he's quite lowly owned. I think he's 5.7 at the moment. He's on set pieces and he's a, he's a BAPS magnet. So he is one which I'm definitely considering. Well, I'm considering both Son and Eriksson. Probably Eriksson above Son though. Yeah, I agree
2: with you. Tom is um, mostly the fear factor, because we know he can do lots of damage if you don't own him, even in a single game week. Uh, he's maybe more prone to rotation, and you could think that he might be rotated against Huddersfield, but then again, if it, doesn't, if it does start versus Huddersfield, he can score three goals easily. So, the fear factor is some, but if you want to bank on minutes, and more uh, steady returns. I guess Eriksen is your man. And I would also put Eriksen over Son at the moment. I think it's really interesting if you look
3: at the amount of FPL points they've scored this season. Everyone, everyone talks about Son. He's, you know, he's been explosive. He's had a great season. He's scored goal after goal after goal. He's only got 15 points more than Ericsson. so Which actually, I'm just looking at it now, it surprised me quite a lot. I thought Eriksen would be a bit lower. I don't really seem to remember him doing much this season. But you know, he's racked up 11 assists. So... I don't. Yeah, I don't think I can argue with you. To be honest with you, I think Eriksson is a really good show.
2: The problem with Eriksson mm. was the start the season, and he uh, he had some very, very deep, didn't he? Yeah. yeah, and he had some stomach problems. He was out injured for a while, and yeah, uh, he, something was off, and he uh, didn't seem to be, be ready after the World Cup. So uh, I guess that has drawn his uh, points per match and everything just way down. So people have been him for a while. Mm.
1: Yeah, and I've certainly got my eye on Ericsson at the moment for this uh, this this uh, double game week. I do fancy him as a bit of a differential, actually. So, let's see what happens. Um, our next headline. So, are Leicester's nightmare final fixtures actually that bad in light of their form? So, Brendan Rodgers has got them playing very well. That midfield is functioning beautifully. They've got a top player in Telemans added to the uh, already dynamic Vardy and brilliant Madison so let's throw it out there, lads. Um, Leicester move... Obviously, they haven't got the double game week. But beyond that, um, what do we think about them as a, as a go-to team?
0: Well, yeah, Vardy's been bang on form at the moment. You know, he's top for shots in the box over the last six, second behind Lukaku for big chances over the last six as well. And uh, top for shots on target in the last four. He's got the five goals as well. He's just banging in form. And when Vardy's bang form, he's a great asset to have in FPL. But... People are looking at removing him. I don't know if people are actually looking at him for an option in the wild card. Are you two? Any of you two going for Vardy or thinking about
3: Vardy? I don't know him at the moment, but it's only because I can't afford him. Uh, if I can find a way of squeezing him in, I think I will. Because I, I think I'm not too concerned about them have, playing one less game, uh, and because you're right, but he's just he's banging form at the moment, and arguably so are Leicester. Um, if you look over the course of the season, Leicester. XG for and XG against is actually pretty similar to Tottenham's but Spurs seem to have um, eked out the wins and are still up there and Leicester have, you know, probably about 15 points behind them but it's the last few games that would worry most people and stop them going for Leicester, they're playing Arsenal at home in 36, they're playing Man City away in 37 and Chelsea at home in 38 and before that they've got Newcastle and West Ham as well so I, I think people have just sort of looked at it and thought well we yeah, have there's no double game week. There's only five fixtures instead of six. So let's not go near them. And it's, on the surface, I think it's probably the right thing to do. But they've had really good results this season. If you look at those five games, look at the reverse fixtures this season. They beat Newcastle, drew West Ham. They did lose to Arsenal. They beat Man City they beat Chelsea. So that's 10 points out of 15 in the reverse fixtures. And they've got three of them at home this time around. They've played with a settled side. They've won the last four. They look strong going forwards. It, 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 again, if you ignore the double game week aspect of it, I think you probably should be looking at having one or two assets in there. I think with the double game weeks, you can probably stretch to one, especially if you bench boost and you're going to want. Yeah, you know,
0: Rogers really has turned them around, hasn't he? Like when when yeah. Puyo was there, it was just nothing. But Rogers has done something there. You've got to give him credit for that.
2: Yeah, I like Leicester players, but the problem for me will still be game week 37 against City and 38 against Chelsea, and I feel I I should probably transfer out Vardy for those games. And I have problems with planning a free transfer for Vardy in my wildcard. And, and then it's easy to compare him to same price players like Ericsson or Son, even though they are in midfield, even Mane, and they seem just a bit more tempting. But I, I wouldn't really argue against anyone keeping Telemans or Madison or Vardy in their wildcard team. Just no defense. Uh, I think he can he can easily outscore
1: several of the double game week players. Okay, yeah, no, I'd have to agree with that as well. I think I love the look of Leicester at the moment, and I love the way that uh, Tielemans has got that freedom to roam, as has Madison. With Indeed, he just sat in behind. I think that's going to pay dividends to the end of the season. And yeah, absolutely, I think with the options available for the double game week, keeping one of those could be a really really good option. I'd probably go for it for Telemans personally. I wish I'd have gambled on him this week. So um, will Liverpool, i.e. Mane and Salah, bottle it? So they're still they're still in there. They're still against City. They don't have the double, of course, coming up, but they do have some some decent fixtures. So is it worth keeping someone like Mane, Salah? You know, your Robertson's, Firmino's. Is it worth keeping them if you're planning for the double game week, lads? Yes,
2: I am keeping uh, two Liverpool guys in my current wildcard wildcard uh, draft, and that's Mane and Robertson. And uh, the reason being, the Chelsea game is tough, but in the game 35, Cardiff away, I think they can easily match several of the double game players. And the juicy part is game 36 when they play at home to Huddersfield. And the guys at Liverpool are pretty much uh, not going to get rotated at all. Maybe Alexander Arnold is going to get uh, rotated since Gomez is back and he was subbed due to tactical reasons early in the Southampton game. But guys like Robertson, Mane, Salah, Firmino should be, Van Dijk even, should be nailed for the rest of the season. They should bring great value, maybe not in game week 34 against Chelsea, but for the rest of the games they should deliver lots of points and I, I think I'm gonna have to have a part of those points. Yeah, I agree with the Robertson shout if
0: if you're keeping him. He's been in most teams since game week one. He has just done well nearly every game. And also, if you're looking at at the back options, a lot of people are looking at Trent Alexander-Arnold just because he's a little bit cheaper, 5.5 to Robertson's 6.8. But who has Robertson got to compete with that left-back spot now? I suppose it's Milner, whereas Moreno, is he gone now, Moreno? No,
2: he is still there, but, but Robertson is also suspended in the first leg against Porto, so he gets his rest now, tomorrow, oh, Tuesday.
0: Good shout. I a totally
2: yeah, so that. so he, is, he is 100% made to start every single game for Liverpool until the end of the season. Yeah, Unless, of course, uh, Liverpool uh, isn't a title contender anymore and he wants to give Moreno a goodbye game or something. But,
0: uh. Yeah, it's true. I mean, Robertson is staying in my team. Which, which players are you, you guys keeping? Peter, who are you keeping from Liverpool?
3: Uh, I'm not 100% sure yet. I, I, at the moment, I've got Alec, uh, in the wildcard squad, I've got Alexander Arnold and Robertson at the back. Um, mm-hmm. in, terms of, in terms of minutes per touch in the final third, uh, for players who have played over 1,000 minutes anyway, they're first and fourth. So they both of them love to attack. Uh, Alexander Arnold takes a good set piece. And in their last five games, they're playing Cardiff, Huddersfield, and Newcastle. And, if yeah, they will keep a clean sheet in two of those three games, maybe even all three of those games, there's book marks with with uh, book ended rather with uh, Chelsea and Wolves. But I think yeah, you know someone like Van Dijk at the back as well, they can still there's potential for clean sheets in those games as well. So I fancy their defence a little bit more than I do going forward. But when you, when you get to Salah and Mane, it's a bit more of a it's a bit more of a confusing situation because if you, if you look at Liverpool and their attacking stats for on like, their big chances, shots on target, XG, etc., they're, they're basically second or third behind Man City for all the key stats. So they're by far and away one of the two best teams in the country. And you really want one of their attackers in there. But when it comes to individual players, Sala's numbers are very good. He's you know, right up there in the top 10 for all the key, all, all the key indicators I would look at. But he just seems to be failing the eye test at the moment. He seems to be lacking confidence and not really not really firing in the way we know he can do. Certainly not for the money you pay for him either. Mane, over the last six games, has scored a hatful of goals. He's really, He looks great on the eye test. But in terms of the actual underlying numbers, they're not actually that impressive in terms of you know he's sixteenth in terms of shots on targets and, you know, touches in the final third, he's thirty first. I mean he's there's a lot of players doing more attacking output than he is, but again he's scoring goals so we're in this strange scenario where Salah doesn't look good but his numbers are good and Mane looks great but his numbers aren't great so I don't really know where I want to go with that at the moment Mane's in my team at the moment purely for the yeah you know, the financial um, element of it and I definitely want one of them in there but I'm not yet I'm not I'm not massively comfortable having Mane in there at the moment
0: yeah I'm probably, the same I'm exactly the same I've got I had him in mind but just as I mean I hate using this word but just as kind of like cover for for Liverpool because I do think there's still yeah. a strong attacking team but I wouldn't have faith in him scoring as many as he has going forward. I mean I was listing it nearly every week that he was getting a shot on target and every time he was doing that he was scoring. I mean he's now got a shot on target where he's not scored within the last six so he's got six shots on target, he's got the five goals. Yeah, I just, I still, I'm still unsure whether it's sustainable. And I do think that Salah is gonna get back this confidence. Maybe this goal that he scored at the weekend is is gonna mean that he's, you know, gonna start flying now. He's always had the stats Salah, and they've never faded for him. So he's always got that potential, and he always scores against the Saints as well. And he's still the top scorer in FPL, I think. Um, so yeah. It, yeah, it does show that he is a, a great asset. It's just a lot of money for such little return at the moment, and you just can't trust it. And that is the problem. Whereas we could probably move that money around. Ideally, if they had a double game week, I think a lot of people will be on him. Were they not? Is that would that be the case? Do you reckon if if no. they had a, a double game week, would would you have Salah in your team? Yes, I think I would.
2: Yeah. Yeah, probably. Exactly. Okay. So. And But it's Cardiff in the double, so Cardiff lost 5 nil to City at home, they lost 5-1 to Watford, 5-1 to United at home, 3-0 to Spurs at home, and Spurs could have scored 7 that game, and are, they go- are Cardiff going to sit back at home to try get a draw, or, or are they going to do like the other times and try to attack, to try to play, and, and get squashed by Liverpool? I, I think Liverpool can score a lot of goals in the Cardiff game, and that is also part of my reasoning for wanting to keep some Liverpool
0: attacking as Yeah, ideally it would be Salah, but you've got to think as well, Cardiff are scrapping for relegation as well. They yep. do have potential to stop teams, but maybe yep. not the likes of Liverpool. I don't think they've well, got I potential think...
3: to stop Liverpool. No. <laughs> they're, they're, they're,
2: a, they're a championship yeah. team at best. Yeah, I think I agree. Yeah. But, but I think Salah is too expensive for the wild card because you won't captain him in 34 and you won't captain him in 35, so yeah million in total mana, it doesn't seem right for me yeah, so, so is there is
3: there an argument to go about either and maybe like i yeah. say go, yeah I've got, I've got that double livable defense do we just say look they're a great attack inside, but we just don't know who's gonna who's gonna kick on at this point it, yeah it's I, it's, I, it's I, a risk I
0: think, it I think i mean like robertson's got the most attacking returns out of any defender so i think he's nailed in my wildcard team would be tempted by alexander Arnold as well like you but I just kind of want to go for a couple of other double game week assets. Maybe, you know, we're a bit blindsided by this double game week as well. And you should just go for the team which you do think is going to get clean sheets. And they're more than likely going to. I mean, like they've got Chelsea next, which obviously you're not kind of expecting. They've got them at home. So why not? They might get a clean sheet. Uh, but then they've got Cardiff, Huddersfield, Newcastle and Wolves. I'd say Wolves is probably a tough fixture at the end of season, but... Those other three, you can see clean sheets in all of them, and that's 18 points across the board. If you're getting, if you're going for a, another player, just for example, let's take Duffy, for example. Um, so Brighton have got two double game weeks. The two at home this game week in terms of Bournemouth and Cardiff. So you're hoping for maybe one clean sheet out of that. Then they've got Wolves and Spurs. So you're hoping for, you know, you're not expecting a a clean sheet in both of them because they're both away games. So, Effectively, what you're getting there, what, six points plus two, two, two. So that's 12 points. So is the Liverpool asset going to score more than the Brighton asset over the four game weeks? Yeah, maybe. I feel like that is uh, something to think about.
3: Yeah, I'm. I'm not getting sucked in by the Brighton. Yeah, I see people. Yeah, I see drafts where people have been tripling up on Brighton defence. Oh, yeah, I, I, I did it one. Yeah, you, <laughs> you did. That was right. That was yeah. your draft. I saw, wasn't it? Well, I
2: mean, I'm. So. I'm currently at triple, uh, triple Brighton defence. So, <laughs>
3: I think it. It just seems yeah. see like such a bold move. Like again, you, you're right. If you compare that to, yeah, you know, compare that to a Liverpool, like, yeah, a Liverpool ass. Yeah, Alexander Arnold, and, Alexander Arnold and Robertson basically act as midfielders most of the time. It's very, yeah. very attacking, and again, the, the numbers for the season bear out. Their, their defensive stats are, are very, very good. So I, I'd
0: rather you're me there, yeah. yeah,
2: Peter. <laughs> the problem that I had, I had the Alexander Arnold in as well with Robertson in the previous draft. But what got me off it was. Given that I do those two, I have to choose between Mame or Salah for the Huddersfield game because I can see no other captain option in that game week than uh, Liverpool captain, and and I I, would, uh, I don't like to lock myself out of getting both Mame and Salah. So so, we, so why
0: not bring them in for that particular game week?
2: Yeah, but I can't bring both in if uh, I go with double Liverpool defence on the wildcard. card. That is my problem. Oh, I see, yeah. yeah, I brought, you... That is why I dropped Alexander Arnold. You're saying you can't see another captain option for 36, but
3: Spurs are home to West Ham. Um, uh, uh,
2: I mean, sorry West Ham fans, but they're drinking at
3: the
2: moment. We do want to bet against uh, everyone who plays their triple captain on a Liverpool asset. I don't know. It feels like a huge red arrow incoming if I don't have any Liverpool attackers for 36. That might just be me. Okay, yeah, I think that's uh, probably answered Mr. Fisher's question.
1: Uh, Liverpool defenders still essential on wildcard. If so, T A or Robo. So I think yeah, we've probably answered that one.
0: Well, well let's let's just quickly go back to that. If you well, had, let's. had to choose o- over the two, who would you go with over the two? Let's just answer it directly. Peter,
3: one word answer. Uh, definitely, definitely Robertson. Just for yeah, the the point that was made earlier about uh, Alexander Arnold might be rotated now. Gomez is back, but yeah, definitely yeah. Robertson. Stefan Robertson. Yes.
0: Yeah. Yeah,
1: yeah. Same, same with me. Yeah, I'd say that as well, definitely, Robert. Um, Right, so are we planning transfers for after game week 34? So this is kind of booking in transfers. Are, are we?
2: Are any of
0: you guys doing that?
2: Uh, I, I have a plan for my transfers, but I don't have a single plan. I have several ways to go, but I do like to plan everything out from here on out until Gaming 38, so I have some transfers lined up, but I have some alternatives as well. If, for example, Salah hit form and you want him for the Huddersfield game, or if City goes out of the Champions League, which could happen, you want to have a plan for that to bring in City players, so I do have some something mapped up, but I don't want, I don't like transfers like, uh, or picks like Kamarasa for Gaming 34 and then planning to switch him to someone else in 35, because that seems more like a waste to transfer for me. Those kinds of transfer I don't
0: plan. Yeah, I mean, booking in a transfer doesn't always work, does it? Sometimes there are other things you need to do, and then you're stuck with that player as well. So um, some people do do it in terms of that Kamarasa thing, and sometimes it can work out. For example, they've got the double game week this this week, Cardiff. Uh, whether or not he's going to score more than a single game week player, you know, that's to be debated. But if you really think he is going to and you're looking at bringing another player for that double game week 35 in, then it's potential. But a lot can change in FPL from just one week and let alone a few game weeks time. You know, if you're planning in another transfer, you might need that extra transfer, like you say. And, uh, it's almost like a wasted transfer sometimes it can be sometimes it can't it does depend on the situation i I just like to stay flexible in the situation peter what are your thoughts uh
3: i'm i'm definitely not planning uh what i cause what i did earlier in the season with uh yeah 31 32 33 there was the blanks and the doubles and the blanks again i started planning for that probably about game week 28 yeah 27 28 and I spent a lot of time putting together this, you know, this grand master plan of who's going to come in when, just to make sure I've got you know, ample coverage for all of it, uh, worked away way through. And arguably it worked, worked out all right for me, I think. You know, I've, I've held rank during that time. Uh, I haven't necessarily kicked on as much as I wanted to, but yeah, I'm, I'm, going, I'm coming out of that period is pretty much the same as I was going into it. But I'll tell you what it did, is it absolutely sucked all the joy out of the game for me. I'm only just getting back into it now, because every move I was making was preordained. And it was so boring. I knew exactly what was going to happen, and I did, yeah, just just stopped engaging with it at all. I think I'm now you're now at a point with a wild card. You've got yeah, you know, it's five game weeks left. There's six games. Yeah, you know, a lot of the teams left. I'm looking at those fixtures as a block and thinking, right, what's the best team to attack those five or six fixtures with? Yeah. And you're you're absolutely you're absolutely right. Yeah, you know, things change, and yeah, you know, players are going to get injured. Um, yeah, you know, someone's going to get sent off and get banned. I want that flexibility in there but yeah not not just because it's a sensible thing to do at this point but it's also because c- it keeps it interesting <laughs> it means i i continue to to engage with it and it's it's not boring anymore
0: yeah agree with that
1: right so before we get to our last headline let's tackle some of the individual questions then we'll go over our team so first of all uh, interesting chaps come here orgsrad orgsrad has asked do cities patch fixtures um, give us the opportunity to go without them on a wild card. I think effectively we've answered that at the start.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Kind of, yeah. yeah, yeah. We've gone yeah. over that. But thanks for your question, Horsham. Thanks. thanks yeah, for your question,
2: I didn't, I didn't know I was coming on, so. <laughs> <Good> <laughs> <now>.
1: <laughs> Ever the participant. Thank you. Well, uh, right, FPL sexy, you. has <laughs> asked, for those of us who are time poor over the next week as I'm getting married. Congratulations. Yeah, congratulations, Brett. Yeah. Uh, which teams do I look at for players as I'm on wildcard? I'm out of the FPL loop. Maybe a combined 15 between you gurus. Think, so gurus, what do you think? I think we can come to that one at the end of the
0: uh, the pod, actually, when we go over our wildcards. So yes. I think that's probably best to, to
1: go over. Nice. Yeah, so in, your, your question will be answered, Brett. Uh, listen on. Uh, OK, FPL under the radar. So, so far, we've two questions. We haven't answered either. FPL under the radar. Thanks for answering my question last week, guys. Can we really look beyond Kane Aguero and Jimenez for our wildcard front line if Aguero plays on Tuesday? Is a Tottenham triple up one defender, and midfielder, and Kane a sound move, given they have four out of six home games left? Cheers. So, I think we've talked quite a lot about Kane and Aguero already, haven't we? So, yeah. Yeah, let's... Think Jimenez and then a Tottenham triple up. Can we do that? Yeah, so, so let's go
0: Jimenez first. So Jimenez is nailed in my team. I mean, Wolves are now out of the FA Cup. He is the kind of breakout star of the season for FPL. Uh, Jimenez, he was started at a low price. And uh, yeah, even now I would still bring him in at his price. And he's also got a pretty good double game week 35. So yeah, he's nailed in for me. Uh, you guys uh, have Jimenez? Yeah.
3: Yep. Yeah. Nailed for me. Yeah.
0: He's a yep. season yep. keeper, really. I mean, he's just there are no options in that back, which I think can compete with him. So yeah, nailed on him.
3: Yes. yes. I think, but back, I mean, back to the original question of Kane versus Aguero. Though I, I don't think it's Kane and Aguero. I don't, I don't really think we can afford to do that. I think there's too many options in midfield yeah, uh, to consider as well. So yeah, we're going to need you're going to need to find a third striker uh, as well. Yeah. Agreed.
0: And regarding Spurs, so we did speak a little bit about Ericsson and Son. Uh, I do have currently Son and Ericsson and Kane in my wildcard team. Whether or not I'm going to stick with that, I don't know. I have looked at the defensive aspects as well, considering their fixtures. Are you guys looking at their defence at all?
2: I would like to have a tripier that was nailed for the rest of the season, but I I, I don't know, know who's going to play. Maybe a Kyle Walker-Peters play the Huddersfield game between the Champions League tires. and he has three centre-backs which he used to rotate so he has rested both Vertonghen and Aldo and Sanchez so I don't know who to pick from those guys. Luis I think could be a good option but you maybe have to bench him in game 34 and I don't like that either so he could be an option and Trippier could be an option. Yeah,
0: see, I have thought about Alderweireld and uh, Vertonghen. Uh, they're pretty good on um, attacking stats, believe it or not. They've got the six attempts over the last six, so they do get up there. But like you say, you are, you know, they've played four out of the last six, so it's whether or not they're they're going to play there's still some rotation there with the fullbacks. you can never count on those Tottenham fullbacks. I suppose, what was if you're looking at Larice, would you look at them, Peter?
3: No, uh, I'm, I'm... I'm not going to look at the uh, I'm not really looking at any Spurs defender. I mean, as I mentioned earlier, I think I'm, I think I'm more skeptical on Spurs than maybe you guys are. I, I'm, i just their form has not been particularly good. Yeah, they they were pretty good in the in the Palace game. Uh, they obviously had that you know, so-called new stadium bounce, but I think triple Spurs is is, is too far. I think, think yeah, I, I'd consider Son, I consider and I would consider Kane. Um, certainly after this conversation, I'm definitely considering Kane a bit more than maybe I was. Um, <laughs> But there's an interesting article by Jonathan Wilson in um, in the Guardian today when he's talking about you know, um, you know, about the Man City Spurs game and he's, he does make the point that Spurs when put under pressure do give that impression that they've got a rick in them that there's gonna, they're going to concede a goal mm-hmm. and it may not and it and it, and it may not be you know, they may not get run over by these teams uh, and yeah they have got some pretty good fixtures but it, it, their, their games they can win three one rather than three 0 uh, or 2-1 rather than 2 nil, So I'm not really considering defence, and I think the attacking options, apart from Kane being the talisman, I think there's goals from anywhere in, in that front line, really. So... Yeah, tri- triple's too far for me for Spurs, I think.
0: Yeah, I did, I mean, like, looking at their defensive options like with the rotation, it wasn't really, kind of, think about it. But the Leafs did come into my head because I was checking out the stats on Tottenham as a whole, as a team. And in the last six, they are third behind Man City and Liverpool for shots conceded and second behind Man City for shots on target conceded over the last six. So they are doing pretty well in that aspect, whether or not I have faith in them keeping clean sheets is another question but at least you know Luis is going to start most of the games. So I have considered it. I'm not necessarily going there. It's just in my thoughts.
3: Uh, I would counter that. If you give me just 30 seconds here while I pull these yeah. stats up. Over the season, XG conceded for Spurs is 39.8. Now that's worse than Leicester. That's only just slightly better than Crystal Palace. Now, don't be wrong, Man United and Arsenal are even lower than that down in the 43s. But if you consider Man City and Liverpool are at 22 and 24, Spurs are up at 39. Spurs', con- yeah, Spurs quality of chances at Spurs conceding are far, far more numerous than Man City's and Liverpool's. So, if if you just take everything out of it, you think okay, I'm, I'm going to double up on the Liverpool defence. I've definitely got a in my defence as well. There's an argument either to go red, Edison Edison as a goalkeeper as well, and just say right, those are the two tightest defences in the league, and just load up on them. I don't think Spurs are. I don't think Spurs are solid. Yeah, no, but it's certainly not this point of the season. Good argument. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Okay. Uh, I think that semi answers Gorton. Some uh oh, sorry, Van Katison or Guatem seven four two. Wow, I'm sorry. No. Uh, I think I'm gonna, well. We just answered the question about a triple spares viable. They've also asked for those uh, playing the wild card. What kind of player distribution are we looking at for the teams in the double? Again, I think we'll probably answer that in a minute when we go through all of our teams. Don Warren has asked: Are there any defenders you recommend for double game week thirty five? um cholera Saints and who else secondly Aguero came we've talked that one to death but um yeah double game week 35 so who who are the essential defenders I
0: think we'll probably again go over that in the wild yeah. card yeah discussion. sure let's just
1: yeah. a... <laughs> <laughs> we're going to sign to the, this. End of the podcast yeah right let's try it. let's see if Will Bill's got anything so Will Bill FPL opinions on both KDB this is a good one yeah. KDB and Mendy on the do- on the uh, wild card as juicy differentials and that uh, Will Miners has also asked Mendy Iceman, please. <laughs> oh, yeah. So let's talk about Bendy and KDB.
0: Yes, let's do. Uh, so KDB, he has come back and he seems to be getting game time, doesn't he? He played both of the last uh, Double Game Week games. Um, he's 9.7 at the moment, I think. So uh, we all know he's Mr. Consistent and he's got the 17 chances created over the last six. He's got a lot of games to play. So... That's why I'm moving away. Just just because I, I just don't think he's going to play every single game. I know he played the last two game, week, double game weeks, but I just don't think he's going to play all of these games. They've got a lot of players to rotate with in terms of Silver, Silva, Gundogan, uh, Fernandinho, whether or not he's going to get every single minute, I don't know.
3: I'm def- yeah, I, I, I'd love to get KDB in. Uh, I'd love to have a double Man City midfield uh, with, with with KDB in there, but I think I'm basing that more on history than um, anything else. I think he he hasn't played as much uh, this season. Uh, yeah, he, he hasn't had the season he had last season, basically. Um, he might kick on again, but
2: yeah, it's, we've it's only got five weeks.
3: Team, yeah. yeah, we've only got five weeks left, right? I mean, there's yeah, the, the concept of taking a punt on a 9.7 million midfielder in case they might come good based on what they've done previously is a bit... It, it, I really want to do it, but I, I, I'm not sure. I, I'm not sure I can fit it in. Mendy, I'm a little bit less um, bullish on at the moment. I'm not sure why. I think it's just because he's been out for so long with that injury, and he's only just come back. I, I want to see him get a few more games under his belt first, and just see exactly how we, yeah, you know, exactly how he fits back into that team. Yeah, so sure. it, oh, yeah, I, I, again, M- M- Mendy's a player who yeah he was so good at the start of the season i mean he was he, he looked one of those players who was just going to take the entire year by storm and it's been really unfortunate for him to get those injuries he he's he's a player again next year we're going to be looking at as thinking probably essential from the start yeah. if he can keep himself fit but again let's let, let, let's see how he um he's had two seasons worth of injuries now basically since he's joined man city so yeah i don't know not quite yet for me
2: yeah i i could see myself going for um... For because he looks to be back in the lineup, and last season he played every single game, started, 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 over and over. And by the looks of it, Pep has gone back to it. It trusts him to to take the team to victory against Cardiff when he rested basically everyone else, and he actually started again in the FA Cup. He didn't travel with um, Belgium. By the looks of it, I'm checking this now. So he got the two-week break there. He has been injured. He should be rested. He he, sh- he should have a lot more left on his uh, tank compared to Sterling or maybe even Aguero. So I wouldn't be surprised if he started pretty much every single game from now until the end. The thing I is that best-
3: he. He's, he's been back, really, since about game week 22. Yeah, uh, you know, He came back against Wolves and got 28 minutes, and he was yeah you know, 90 minutes against Huddersfield in 23, and we all thought, yeah, okay, he's back now. But since then, he got 87 minutes against Arsenal, he got 90 minutes against West Ham, 90 minutes against Cardiff. Other times, he's getting you know, 74, 45, 1. Yeah, zero. I know. But he
2: injured, uh, some small injuries, right?
3: Yeah, it's, again, that, that's, that's, that's the issue for me, though. Again, you know, yeah, yeah. Consistent, a consistent run of games, you know, yeah. knowing he's nailed in that team. If he's nailed in that team, yeah, I'd definitely want him. But I, I, I'm just not given uh, all the other
2: options. I do, uh, I, I do agree it's a risk, but at the same time, if you were going, going to bet on one player starting against Palace of Sterling and De Bruyne, I'm not so sure I would say Sterling starts over De Bruyne in that game. And that worries me a bit with Sterling.
0: I think he's a player which uh, people are looking at if they want to kind of rise the ranks, something different, a little like you say, it is a, a more of a differential, not yeah. necessarily for maybe people in our position, but you know if you want a lot, something a little bit different, it might pay off. It's got the potential to, but yeah, uh, yeah it's like a I don't know seventy to thirty percent chance or something, and yeah, uh, yeah I don't think it's going to happen, but it, it could.
2: And Mende is a no-go for me, because with Delph injured and Sinchenko injured, I think that was the reason Mende played the FA Cup. And when those guys come back, I think maybe Mende is back to partying and not playing.
0: Yeah, you you need to wait for him to hit form again, and it's too late in the season to allow him to do that, so he's a no-go for me too. Okay, yeah, so uh,
1: finally we've got, or nearly finally, um, Michael FPL Hoosier has asked is it better to have double city defence over attack and uh, which players unless Leicester Wolves and Watford are you targeting is they all by, I think going for seventh position yeah I think we can
0: quickly go over the, the teams I think we've gone over Leicester let's go over Wolves and Watford briefly uh, so if if you're looking at Wolves players, they obviously have just gone out the FA Cup. So that is a big plus for their Premiership run. So that they're look- looking to get that European spot. So they will be battling, I think. And like I said, with Jimenez, he, he's, uh, he's a must for me. It's whether or not you go Jota as well. I mean, he's got the six goals and four assists in the last seven home games and they've got two home games in this double coming up. And they, um, or am I just making that up? So it's true. Yeah,
2: it's
0: great. Yeah, so potentially there, there could be a lot of points from from him. And their big games towards the end of the season are Arsenal at home, which they could get a lot of points in. Then Watford, Fulham, and then they've got Liverpool away. So you could probably have them all the way to the end of the season. I feel like they are, there are some good options for Wolves. What are your thoughts, Stefan?
2: Yeah, I like Watford and Wolves uh, and Watford also, for that matter. I like Jota and uh, now that they're gone out of the FA Cup and Maybe even Doherty is the back on um, back on playing every game. Uh, you have Johnny as a cheap option in defence. So one of the fullbacks maybe, uh, and Jota and Jimenez, all are very good picks for me. So I agree with everything that's been said so far. I'd also
3: chuck in uh, Patricio as potentially an option. They've got a final fixture, Southampton away. Southampton aren't great going forward. Brighton aren't great going forward. They've got Arsenal at home in that double as well, and Arsenal's a all- Away form is not good at the moment. We've also got Watford away, so I think you know, Watford will probably scoring that game. We've also then got Fulham at home, uh, and I think that's probably a clean sheet as well. They've got they've got Liverpool on the final day, but if you've got another goalkeeper in there, you can do a rotation with. I know a lot of people are looking at Angus Gunn uh, because he's cheap. Uh, he's got he's got a good double as well. Uh, Southampton play. Huddersfield in 38 so you're not going to need patricio for that anyway so I think a patricio uh, gun double up is is potentially not a bad option See
0: I'm not I'm not that keen on their defense they've only kept the yeah, seven clean sheets in uh, over the season and that's not great over 36 is it and uh, they always just seem to have let that one goal here and here and there and I just never trust. I've had Patricio most of the season. He's just let me down. I've just not got a great deal amount of confidence in And they let in the free goals against Watford pretty late in the FA Cup semi-final. So yeah, I I feel like I'll just stay away from their defense. D- Dotti just only seems to score in the FA Cup nowadays. So he's been letting down owners. So yeah, I feel like I might just stay away from their defense.
3: I'm not saying I'm getting Patricio. I'm just saying it's an option.
1: Hmm. Okay, chaps. What about Watford and all of this?
2: Watford are, are great. I, I really like uh, how they're playing and I like uh, the form. I like uh, pretty much uh, a lot of the players. Uh, Foster in goal is a great option. Uh, Dokure in midfield is a good option because he's nailed. Uh, Delefeo, if fit, is a good option, even though he might come from the bench, we can all see what he did. Dini just looks uh, hungry for goals again and he's uh, on penalties. Looking good, should be confident. He should be a good option. And you even have some good punts in guys like uh, uh, Holobus. Maybe he got injured the last game, but you could take a punt on some cheap defender also because they have Huddersfield in the double, and that is a real good fixture, both for goals and for clean sheet. So lots of good options uh, for uh, Watford. Pereira is also a good option. Hughes could be a good, cheap option. Uh, lots a lot to pick.
0: Yeah, they, they do have the double game week, but it's just they are still in the FA Cup, and whether or not they will try and prioritise that. Huddersfield, they do play them, then two days rest, then it's Southampton. I mean, like, the fixtures towards the end of the season aren't that great, though, are they? I mean, they, they play these two, and then it's Wolves at home, who will probably be, want revenge. Chelsea, uh, I suppose West Ham, yeah, it's not a bad fixture um and then they've got they've got arsenal at home this game again week 34 i do kind of like them D- defensive stats aren't great i've taken a look at them they're, they're not brilliant but any of their defenders i wouldn't feel like any of them are nailed other than Foster maybe Foster he can get save points so he he does uh, accumulate a lot of save points over the season and he's he's done pretty well in terms of points so maybe Foster he could be quite a good option he's 4.6 it's just a little bit too much for me at the moment I'm uh, opting for the Ryan Gunn rotation but um, you know I I was kind of all set for Foster at one point but I just feel like um, Gomez might need prep for the final and he could just come in and play play an odd game so I'd be worry, worried about that because I do think Gomez is going to play the final because uh, I came out that Ben Foster said today that he would absolutely refuse to play in the final. Gomez deserves it and should play without doubt. He has never let this club down and never will. He was fantastic today. That was uh, in the semi-final. So, you know, it's a great gesture from Foster. It looks like that would be happening. So I'd be a bit wary about that if I was to keep Foster. That's why I, I took him out in the end. What are your thoughts, um, Peter? I
3: don't really have anything to to add uh, other than the play of the players that have been listed. I'm just—it's funny. I've got two of their players in my wildcard draft. I'm not massively happy about having either one of them there. To be honest with you, but they, they seem like very—it's a very solid, very solid club, very well-run club. On the pitch, they look fine, and of their FPL assets, that none of them are quite, none of them quite excite me. Somehow, I don't know what it is. I me, mean, I looked at players like Deeney, and I thought I can't. Yeah, he's not. it's not an exciting prospect. You're not going to look at him in the same way you look at someone like Jimenez, and you don't believe he's going to score a goal. God I've got Delafayu in there at the moment, but again, I'm looking at him and thinking. I mean, I had him earlier in the season, and he did nothing. And yeah, you know, he he had a, a tremendous, yeah, tremendous uh, couple of goals in the uh, in the FA Cup oh, semi-final. Awesome. But he, yeah, it was beautiful. But when I mean, he just doesn't really do anything, I've had Ben Foster in my team for quite a while now, and yeah, you know, he he. he, he, he went for a a period of scoring an average of like six points a game over about six or seven games and then he he just fades away and just doesn't quite do it and yeah Watford just don't just don't inspire me somehow I'm I'm not I think they have the best
2: double game week in 35 by far yeah there is that yeah
3: there is that
0: I mean I have heard uh, something on on Twitter about the Kure getting further forward but I would need to see more of that in terms of bringing him in I had him in my team for, for a short period but uh, yeah, I'm not quite sure he did get three attempts I think it was against Fulham but that was against Fulham uh, he got the goal as well yeah.
2: remember it, I it's
3: I think, think Decore has yeah. openly said as well he's looking for Champions League football and he's, yeah, he's possibly be on his move on his way next season anyway so whether he's looking to go for last hurrah and he has done well this yeah, season maybe. again you know people have talked about So here as being a really good option Has done really well Decor has only got three points less than him. Yeah, he's... Yeah.
2: yeah and the a player, even with a uh, short turnaround between the games.
3: Really interesting. The, uh, the, the Watford player with the most points this season is Ben Foster.
1: So yeah. that tells you, kind of
3: tells you everything you need to know about them, really. Yeah.
1: Okay, so let's, uh, let's go to Sky Player and FPL. Paul's question. Is there any argument to go without City altogether, given the hectic schedule? I think we
0: kind of expressed most of that earlier didn't we yeah. um, so hopefully we've we've helped you out there Paul
1: in that case chaps it's time to go over our double game week wildcard drafts
0: can I go for a piss first
1: <laughs> it's time for the Iceman to take a piss first <laughs> go ahead going for a poo see you in two <laughs> Okay, welcoming the Iceman and us all back from our relative breaks. Thanks. Um, just Pretty a, a qu- Yeah, yeah, good. <laughs> Better, lighter. less. I feel less burdened now. Good. Um, right, so just a quick edit to the pod. So, given we expect talking through the Double Game Week wild card drafts, to take quite a while, we anticipate. We're actually going to do that as a separate podcast, so we're going to do our usual ending to the pod, but then we're going to do a separate podcast, just talking through that. So, uh, with all that said, let's go through who transfers and captains we're considering. Are we considering Duffy as a captaincy? yep. <laughs> <laughs> no, me. <Bruce. Not> so. <laughs>
3: You, I, said I, keep, you said keep. You said I, keep it short. I
0: have I have considered Duffy, but we we can go into that on our on our side pod. But at the moment, my captain's 100 percent on Kane. Yeah, same for me. Kane, Kane as
2: well. Kane for me. I I don't yet
3: have Kane in my wildcard. You will, you uh, although, will do.
2: You'll be captain. Then.
3: Yeah. Well, to be fair, I'm looking at my <laughs> wildcard now, and he's sitting there. And he, yeah, if he's, oh, he's there now. if he's look in, who's 7 it, 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 if I press confirm
1: transfers, he's definitely going to be my captain. Yeah, we're, we're locked on Kane, I think. That's reality. Um, transfers, I'm not going to uh, suggest we talk about, given we're going to do a whole podcast on that. Okay, let's go through the mini-league. Now, uh, see if the dust has settled after tonight's fixture. Uh, so, let's have a quick loop. Yay-hoo. Okay, let's just go through the current top ten before the update for tonight. So, in 10th place, we've got Shane Barrett. Ninth, Will Miners is still in there with a the miners' strike. Allen's in eighth. We've got Henry Wakefield in seventh. Ian Clarkson in sixth. Paul Jones, fifth place. Nate Thomas, fourth. Calon Huey, third. Michael Taylor has dropped a second as Richard Jenkins has overtaken him, full of flare. Uh, Richard's overall, oh, let's have a quick look, It's 30 seconds, so he is flying. Oh, he's just hit 77 as well. So. Although he might get stunned. Oh. He captain Mar. He's going to get stung on that hazard. Lack of captaincy, I feel. But yeah, great job from Richard there. Fantastic work, okay, right. brilliant work, well, Richard. Okay, we've got a Patreon winner for the last month, Ice man. Yes,
0: we do, and that is Frederick Tannum. He is going to win one. Of, well, he has won one of our mugs. And Frederick, if you could, uh, I know you're in our Slack channel, so just send me your address, and I will send that to you as soon as I can
1: top man frederick well done sir um let's have a quick look in the feedback fo- feedback fox wow feedback box fpl connector said great episode guys he agrees with my choice of crisps in last week's debate uh the what was, the, what was your crisps uh, i was a steak mccoy i'm still well
0: and truly on skips what, peter who's that?
3: favorite crisps yeah there's uh there's, there's these lentil crisps they're chili and lemon flavor uh Oh, I, I barrel loads of them a week they're amazing sounds disgusting Stephen? they're amazing
1: are they, are they from Aldi?
3: no ok <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
2: although if you tell I, me how do you do
3: then I'm going to be there
2: Stefan? just give me something salt and I'm ok with crisps or chips <laughs> or something Norwegian
1: and something salty and I'm, I'm good yeah, to, to quote Alan Partridge a pipe of Pringles should suffice for Hogs Rub, oh. so
2: yeah
1: that's ok Excellent. Okay, yeah. So uh, I think that's said uh, we'll, we'll more of those if you, any of you have a particular questions about uh, things that are a little bit unique to us then do ask. Uh, we're keen to answer. I ask man are there any sexy thoughts this yes, week? Yes,
0: there is. I will play it now.
1: Feel sexy with sexy thoughts. This week's sexy thoughts goes out to changing your diet. Something I've been doing recently. I've been trying to become a little bit better person every day by 1%. And recently, I've been changing up my diet, and it's made a massive difference. I'm eating less farmed or less factory farm food. I'm eating less meat. I'm eating more green, cruciferous vegetables, more calorie dense foods avocados, nuts, stuff that is healthy. And I'm loving the benefits of it. If you have to eat meat, I dare say the way to do it is to buy something that's not factory farmed, buy it from a local farmer or a local shop, local butcher, which goes back to shopping local. So, yeah, get into the healthy foods, people. And don't get married. I'm not getting married. You
0: <laughs> You are getting married, you big liar. Yes. Well, uh, Bully, you'll be a follower of your diet, because you've been logging your diet for the last eight years, haven't you?
1: Yeah, it's pretty consistent on my fitness, path. So, uh, yeah, if you want to see what I eat every day, then... Um, well, actually, no, no, I'm not going to suggest <laughs> that. So I can't measure anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, if, if, you, if you're interested in that, there, there's more to life, trust yeah. me. So, okay, so yeah, another great, uh, great addition there from Sexy. Yeah, uh, I want to thank, yeah, Top Man again, and good luck with your wedding, Brett. No one deserves it more than you. Great guy. I mean that in a genuine way because, you know, it, it has its ups and downs, but overall it's worth it. So,
0: Look at you and your experience and uh, yeah, well, I've <laughs> <read> <laughs> I've, your I've, wealth of I've,
1: knowledge. I've, I've made it over a year, haven't I? Mm. Yeah,
0: well over a year now, mate.
1: Unbelievable. And I still have a man room, so that's that's uh, that's a good go. This time next year, I probably won't, I'm sure. But... Okay, so I want to thank our guests for joining us, first of all, Hogsrud. Thanks. Thanks for having me on. Great having you on board. Peter Blake, thank you for joining us again. Pleasure as always. And uh, let's uh, tell you how you can get in contact with the surgery. So, like we mentioned earlier, if you'd like to support the podcast, patreon.com forward slash FPL Surgery. Uh, you can join our mini league at 225-369. Uh, the website is fplsurgery.com. You can find us on Facebook, SoundCloud, Reddit, Twitter, at FPL Surgery. Uh, you can also email us, info at fprsurgery.com. Uh, Iceman, any final words of wisdom heading into these double game weeks?
0: Uh, there, there never is, and uh, never was.
1: Never was, and there never will be. Uh, thanks for listening once again. Good luck with your game weeks, and up the pod. Up
2: the pod. Up the, up. Up the pod. Uh-huh. Aha! <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>